Hey everyone, welcome back to the Beyond Foster Care Podcast. This is Jesse. This is David. I'm Dave. Um, yeah, so um, Dave, this is your third time already with us. Um, our, you know, you've already become a regular, so um, we won't give you any special guest announcements. Um, but um, yeah, we we um, we need the bell. Yeah, I'm a regular hey, now. You know what? We are gonna get that bell. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it a point to get that. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, we have a thrift store. It's like down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But first, we need to get this AC in here because this uh-huh. is this is brutal. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, we, we're we're really excited. We're finishing the week strong here um, at at Journey House uh, with our Beyond Foster Care campaign. Um, today, we uh, went to the uh, Children's Hospital. Yeah, um, man, I missed that, man. Yeah, it, nobody that, told me. It's it's a very it's a very unlikely sort of partnership um, that kind of just came down uh, and landed on our laps, huh, David? You yeah, you uh, got the email um, from a professor at USC, uh, some instructor or something that I don't know. Um, <laughs> You don't have to tell us how it happened. Yeah, Just tell us what you guys do pretty cool when you went there today. Uh, for me, I'm like, you know, it, it's 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 a reflection that uh, the word about what we're doing is getting out there. Okay. Right? Like, when you hear people, yeah. like, in, in, like, the Children's Hospital is a pretty big it's uh, uh, organization, mm-hmm. right? Do they um, have, like, a, like, a foster care, like, population there? Like, why would they invite Journey House? So, they have... Um, uh, a Department of Mental Health program where they provide therapy okay. for transition age foster youth. So, well, Tran- no, 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 no. Transition age, low income youth. Sorry. Okay. Um, and they are. There's a huge overlap between transition age, low low income youth, and transition age foster youth. A lot of the kids for end up in foster care because their parents just don't have the means to take care of them. So there's yeah. a huge overlap in those populations. Big time. Big time. Um, in fact, a lot of the same issues, they're parallel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so they have this program, um, and it's through um, this uh, – they have a fellowship program where they're bringing, you know, doctoral students who are either studying to become doctors or researchers. They are uh, psychiatrists, uh, clinical social workers – um, and they provide um, um, direct um, medical services to people who are dealing with mental health issues. And um, they recently added the transition age youth, uh, foster youth component um, as part of their uh, scope of work uh, this year. And so from um, one of the conversations that they were having with uh, their faculty um, we were sort of brought to their attention, and they invited us, um, and it was a pretty unique opportunity. What was the conversation about? Um, so we um, – so the title of the presentation that, that we had today was Foster Youth and the Long-Term, the long-term Effects of Trauma. Um, and it's, it's actually an issue. We put on an informational capital briefing uh, in Sacramento – um, last year in June, and one of the panels that we put on um, was uh, the long-term effects of trauma on foster youth. Mm. Uh, it's an issue that we've been talking about for a while, and so uh, 
And so this was an opportunity for us to continue that uh, conversation that we've been sort of trying to elevate and build momentum around because it's the trauma piece that we've really been trying to uh, educate folks on. And so the purpose of us going today really was to talk about, you know, uh, the undiagnosed uh, PTSD and the undiagnosed trauma um, that many of us are dealing with. That mm-hmm. people just carry around with them. And then, oh, yeah. And then, and then that the healing journey is, uh, to heal from that trauma um, is a long and complicated journey. Um, and, um, you know, and so for us, we were, we, we were really excited because it was the first time that we had the opportunity to really engage uh, people in the medical field um, to, uh, you know, talk to them about how trauma affects foster youth and then in particular um, how the transition age youth framework sort of carries uh, many, many implications in terms of the services and the supports that foster youth can receive um, that don't necessarily reflect um, the understanding that, you know, trauma takes a while to heal from. And when you look and at... And you can usually tell people who are carrying around trauma, especially if they, like, bring up their traumatic experience when it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, like, or, like, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> or you ask someone, like, hey, why are you running late today? Oh, man, you quit coming down on me. So Or the other common one is, like, during 4th of July, you when the fireworks start going off, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> it happened to a group of uh, me and my friends that the fireworks went off and we all kind of were, like, <laughs> ducking, <laughs> ducking under the table. Uh, uh, you know? <laughs> Don't know the difference. It's it's a, it's a very real it's a very real thing, and so um, we've been trying to really build momentum around that issue because um, trauma, as it relates to veterans, um, you know, if you're a veteran and you are suffering from PTSD, um, you can get services and, and treatment for that for as long as you need it, and um, foster youth trauma. Is not necessarily understood in that sense, and uh, and for us it was like exciting because if there is a body of uh, professionals, a field that can really move the needle in terms of um, understanding the long-term effects of trauma and creating some reforms around services for you know dealing with trauma, yeah, is the medical profession, yeah. Right, and they have the most access to the the useful information, and they have the legitimacy. Yeah, um, they're on the ground. They're dealing with it face to face, and let's just be very very real about that. Uh, as a former foster youth, you go uh, during a public testimony hearing, and the experience is powerful, and nobody can tell us, you know, that we're wrong in the experiences that we've lived through. But the truth is, is that in terms of uh, informing a decision, um, having an entity like the Children's Hospital um, could could be highly influential. Absolutely. Um, and so it was an opportunity for us to say, um, this like this, we're inviting you all to 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 join us in our efforts to um, you know continue to challenge and and and. Um, and create uh, more opportunities for for uh, people to heal their trauma and cope with it and address it at all. Which, mm-hmm. which, 
and, and quite frankly, I was telling them this at the presentation, who is in, in an ideal situation um, in a household where they have the resources, they have the family, you know, um, uh, you know. Even in those situations, sometimes people don't know how to deal with trauma. It's very, they don't. It's very complicated. It, like, it, it, it takes a specialized understanding of how trauma works to really work with it. And, and and even if we remove the trauma piece right from the equation, if we say let's take let's take trauma out, just in regular you know the young adulthood development, um, in an ideal household, most twenty five twenty four year olds are not going to be able to pay their own rent, mm-hmm. uh, pay for their own food, and fully sustain their own lives. Right. And this is in an ideal situation. Uh, we know that a lot that. Um, a lot, and, and it's and this is publicly known information that a lot of people who are graduating with their college degrees are moving back home with their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, when you are looking at it from that perspective, the transition age youth framework says, you know, at twenty four you're cut off, you're on your own. And so when which you, which is a traumatic experience in itself, if you don't absolutely have your life together. Oh, or it, even if you have the support. Yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. So um, you couple that with, you know, um, the fact that people haven't really healed from their experiences. Um, you couple that with the lack of, you know, um, living skills, knowing how to manage your books, how to manage, you know, your financials, crediting, you know, all of that stuff that's really important these days. If you don't have a credit score of, uh, 700 or above, right? Like, yeah. which no one has by 24. Especially as a foster youth. Who's talking to you <laughs> about credit as a foster youth, right? Um, you're never going to get your own apartment. Nope. No matter if you have triple the deposit, uh, have the income and have, a, you know, a resume, if you don't have the credit, then forget about it. That's, right? some, that's something we should implement. It's like, hit up some schools and be like, hey, uh, where's your former foster, I mean, your foster youth? And maybe we, we could teach them on that, you know? It'll be a lot, but... You're saying it's a lot right now, but here's what... Remember remember back to... I mentioned that overlap between foster youth and mm-hmm. low-income transition age youth. Mm-hmm. You would go to that school and need to talk to all of those low... In- all of those True. kids that are living under the poverty line, the same way you would need to talk to all those foster kids, yeah, because so no one's talking to them about you guys in know, this uh, broken education yeah, system that we have. Yeah. LeBron, you just got to LA. <laughs> LeBron, we need to be hitting him up. Those so, listening, you guys, you know, and then you you like add that up with, um, you know, the fact that you're having to do all of this by yourself, like you know, it it just it just adds. There's so many layers to this issue um, that we, you know, cannot get uh, enough of really talking about how much this framework is detrimental, right? When and 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 we we know that um, organizations and advocates um, have spent a long time um, working to try to increase services um, and. There's been huge progress, right? There's been a huge progress um, in the social service realm as it relates to the tail end experience, uh, part of the foster care experience, right? When you're leaving foster care, 
Um, and people have asked us legitimate questions in the past. Like, so what are you proposing? That Bosch youth be taken care of their entire lives? Um, and No, it's it's back to that give a man a fish or teach a man a fish. Mm-hmm. We're not taught how to fish. So by the time that we are adults and it's time for us to fish, we're just like, hey, where's my kid? Can you give me a fish? Like, we're not taught that. Yeah. And it takes so much just to develop discipline in itself. Like, yeah. So, like, discipline in itself is takes a lifetime to learn. Um, and sadly, when you're in the system, all the decisions are being made for you, so you're not really learning any discipline, right? Like, you're not learning how to f- do things on your own. On your own, yeah. Um, because all the major decisions in your life are being made for you. So, um, we were excited to, to be able to present all of this stuff to them because naturally the question is, well, how does that connect to a hospital? How does that well, it, it's like you said, because uh, the hospitals are the ones that have access to all of to the, the most, yeah. to all of the resources and information that has to do with trauma. So, and and the uh, legitimacy to be able to talk about uh, trauma, right? Which is the, the most major piece. hospitals have like a therapeutic section in their ho- in their building. If do they not, really? If it's mm-hmm. not in the ICU, yeah, they're like. Yeah. There's like uh, I had like when I was in therapy while I was in foster care when I used to go see the therapist it was mm-hmm. at um, it was at Huntington Hospital. Oh, yeah. the hospital. So yeah. this oh, wow. so the the place that we went to similar. Okay. Um, in fact, it's it's a very similar program. Uh, I would imagine that it's probably the same program. Um, but what we wanted to emphasize with them is that um, in 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 the brain science research has shown um, that. You know, the young people do not begin to develop the the critical thinking component, the decision making, the behavioral sort of. Um, um, young people are not developing the critical thinking component aspect of their brain until they're twenty five. Is it um, the prefrontal cortex? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, that's the that's the official. That's uh, the term. Uh, uh, brain, brain Terminology. Science term. I always have a hard time with that word. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's why it's like, you know, describing it. Um, and and so uh, we f- we certainly know that that's true for us, right? Like, yeah, um, we had a graduation celebration that's a couple of months ago, and I, I believe all of our graduates were either twenty four or older, and so you know, uh, we really see that on the practical level at, from the ground. Um, people are really, really ready to take advantage of the supports when they're older and, and services should be allocated to people when they're ready to take advantage of them. Not when we, you know, think that they should be taking advantage of them. So, um, at least if we want to make most bang for our buck, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and currently, um, the reality is, uh, only 3% of foster youth are graduating with a college degree. Right in LA County, we know that we have thirty thirty thousand foster youth in our foster care system. Um, of all the young people currently under uh, juvenile probation supervision, we know that three out of five, at a minimum of at least five cases of um, um, DCFS cases reported. That um, that disturbs me. It 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 just shakes up my core because I'm like, man, like the same system that that basically gave us these rules like how, how can they just suspect someone to be 18 and be like here 
or 24 have your life together but it's like man three percent that's yeah so it's insane to me it, and 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 it is it's it's pretty insane um and so we're you know we we really wanted to emphasize that with them that that there's an opportunity for them to really help us move the needle forward here and that um m- medical professionals um, are highly influential in moving policy it's just a matter of them taking that step and so we were there to offer them um okay i'm glad we were able to partner with that and be a part of that yeah so um a lot of good conversations came from that afterwards so um you'll be hearing more about that hopefully soon um because we've already uh you know been introduced to some of the people that might be um helping us uh put together some roundtables to continue those conversations so that's that's a huge that's big yeah (laughs) yeah well great great, great. (laughs) all righty what else did what else did you guys uh do throughout the week yeah okay so um this week i i had a really lengthy really healthy conversation with a mother whose two children got taken into foster care um and she uh one of them aged out and one of them she ended up getting back um and she she back to the conversation about unhealed trauma she said that uh a lot of times and it wasn't just her it's even when parents get their kids back from foster care they've been so traumatized and feel so discombobulated that parents don't know what to do with them even when they get them back so um it it was really interesting to hear the parents perspective of the foster care experience um we 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 talked about some of the things that led to her kids getting taken away in the first place some of the things that she had to 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 live with um yeah and she 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 told me about like other mothers that even while they were in their roughest parts of life mm-hmm. what made them happy was talking about their kids so even when they were in the deepest darkest times of their life when they're on drugs or living in their warehouse or whatever is going on, they can't, they, like, when their mind is at its most vulnerable mm. is when they're talking about those kids. And so uh, to have to live with that the whole time that your child is living without you, it kind of just ate away at me the more that she explained it. And so that was uh, a really big part of my week. Yeah, that's a pretty. I got uh, I got a lot of insight from there. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty deep conversation. I think it's a you know something that that it DCFS um, for all the criticism that they go under. Those are the kind of difficult things that they're dealing with, right? Like circumstances where on a surface level, it might look like it's not the best scenario for the child. Mm-hmm. Um, the foster care system, I think the experiences, if I had to sum it up, what it does is it pushes you to your limit of tolerance in every way. Emotional tolerance, uh, knowledge, like it tests your knowledge. It it pushes you to your limit of emotional tra- um, tolerance. It It... It tests how you respond to trauma. It tests how you respond to pressure. And so 
to just be put through all of that and then suddenly be back to your parent has to be a culture shock that neither the child or the parent knows how to handle. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, that's complicated. So, I, I, I really just, um... That, that was my highlight of the week, just gaining all of that insight from uh, a parent who, whose children had been taken into foster care. So that was that was the highlight of my week. What about you guys? Well, we um, shifted into other gear. Um, we have a, um, a theater play meeting coming up um, as part of our new project here with Beyond Foster Care at Journey House. Um, Shout out to the homie Julio. Yeah, this is this uh, project is being spearheaded by uh, you know one of one of our brothers in this work. His name is Julio. Um, at some point, we'll bring him here on the podcast. To he come can in. talk more about it. I think I'll be meeting him Saturday. Uh, nice, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 you know, this is a really exciting part, a new aspect of of what we're doing beyond foster care. Um, that it sort of really just was born organically out of a conversation. Um, and, uh, and it was just an idea that we were floating with. Can you, uh, don't take too long, but can you just kind of explain it to me? Like what's going on with, um, the, or are we even able to say that? Um, um, there's been, there's been so far about five, five meetings, meetings and we uh, came up with one scene. And still n- developing the stories. Yeah. Still developing the characters. So they're still writing the actual play in itself. Um, so it's actually a really good time to be a part of it because uh, the characters have already been identified. Um, the storyline has been identified. Mm. Um, and so now it's like putting together the acts. Okay. Um, so this is the fun. This is the fun the part. Fun part. Like, have you guys already decided who's going to be the actors and everything? Or uh, yes and no. Uh, I've taken a role, but I'm not going to disclose <laughs> it on air. Who, who are you playing? Uh, what are you playing? Y- you'll you'll be you'll be surprised to hear when. when I wish you guys could see how big he's cheesing right now. He's so happy about this role. <laughs> I am. I actually am. Uh, and it's going to be so much fun because I think I'm going to do a few roles, but I'm I'm mostly excited about one. Uh, well, I'm excited about all of it actually. Yeah, yeah the whole but, thing but, is really exciting. But but in terms of um, really shifting the narrative, right? Uh, which was the whole purpose of the study and not to not to get too much in the uh, details of it but but really um i said the study of the play um the whole purpose of it really was for us to uh, make this as an opportunity for us to reclaim our stories mm. um for us to take control of the narrative okay I- i'm glad we arrived at that topic of narrative because i i think this is a good place to mix in with the topic of story writing because uh, Jesse and I had a really healthy conversation about the narratives of foster children in general and um, how we'd like to change the narrative that we're all just these traumatized victims, right? Yes. Yeah. Even though we know that everyone in foster care experiences trauma, yes. mm-hmm. that does not engulf their identity when they're through with it. No, we're, we, have, so, we have much more to offer than... Absolutely. Right. So What is, yeah. So creative writing and things like that are really healthy tools to mm-hmm. shape narratives rather than, you know, 
you're not really going to get someone to understand your narrative by sitting them down and beating them over the head with yeah. statistics and policy <laughs> anyway. You're going to have to walk them through a story. At the, which there's a place for the the policy than mm-hmm. the statistics. But yes, the, the most compelling is when you can illustrate those numbers with the story. Absolutely. So um, I, like, me personally, like, the, the screenplay that I'm working on is a romantic comedy. Oh, That's cool. I, I write about romance to cope with the fact that I'm a loser that no one would ever date, right? So I I think that creative writing is something that uh, I would express. recommend to – yeah, I would recommend to anyone who's in foster care or has dealt with any type of trauma, oh. whether not, – not even necessarily something that you would want to write and put out to be famous, just write to – replace the fact that you're not talking about these things to people, you know? Yeah. Or write to express what you can't express to the therapist or the foster parent or all of these people that are filling up this room that you still feel alone in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to you, – you you made a really good point about writing. Um, uh, uh, I, I was involved with uh, writing myself. In fact, um, when I was 17 um, – and I was in a juvenile detention facility. Um, I, I sort of began my personal revolution journey um, from inside uh, the juvenile detention center um, when uh, I call it the mirror of life that was, you know, a pen and paper. Um, and uh, and I, I had a really good teacher um, who was instrumental in helping me um, draw out the story of my life in words on paper in such a way that helped me understand not just how I had gotten to the point that I was in my life, um, but then understanding the way that uh, this is affecting not just me, but the world around me. Um, and, uh, and, and writing for me has been um, I mean, writing writing serves so many um, like great purposes, yeah. right? Because you need it for work. You need it's therapeutic too. The healing aspect mm-hmm. of writing, Heck yeah. The, the ability to be able to put something on paper and know, like you know, even if you want to do like the confessions, right? Like you can put it on paper and then flip it over, and nobody will ever see it. You'll you'll write something and then read it back and be in disbelief that you wrote it. Like you wrote, those or sometimes words on that you paper. write like something real personal, and you just burn it. Watch it turn to ash. Yeah. I've done it. I've always wanted to keep all my stuff. Damn. I, 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 <laughs> no, I I, I, I understand love. that though. A lot of if you're writing to get rid of a feeling, right. you might you might want to get rid of it get all rid the of way. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember learning that technique. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember telling somebody, you know, that I was dealing with something, and they were like, write it and burn it in ashes. And then I wrote it, and then I read it, and I was like, damn, that's like, you know. I want to keep it? That's like beautif- beautifully uh, horrifying, you know. Like, <laughs> I want to keep that. That's it's bittersweet. Like, it's, like, it's like, you know, um, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to keep my writings. Um, but but to your point, though, um, about, you know, writing as a way to control the narratives and as a form of healing, Um that's what that those two things exactly is what we're trying to accomplish with the theater play, and um, we want to have fun, right? Like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so much fun. It is. Uh, it's it's you know we're putting it's it's not just gonna be like 
uh, a theatrical performance, but there's going to be elements of, like, so many different elements, dance, there's going to be poetry, there's going to be, you know, um, there's going to be drama, there's going to be comedy, there's going to be action, um, and, and, uh, and it's going to be, like, I have never heard of a foster care theater play. Have you, Dave? No. And we're hoping to make this a pretty big function. Um, Do you know where it's going to take place? Where? Yeah, where, like, when people watch it, where would they be? The Walt Disney Hall. (laughs) (laughs) We have our targets, but we haven't haven't concluded uh, an exact location yet. uh, But we are thinking um, somewhere here in Los Angeles area. Have you guys been to the uh, the Pasadena the theater in Pasadena the Playhouse yeah the Pasadena Playhouse yeah. oh uh, have you been there yeah it's nice it's amazing I mm-hmm. saw Oliver Twister so we're gonna go watch uh, the Jungle Book on Tuesday on the seventeenth why aren't I invited to these things uh, you don't, we don't have your email because you because you just started coming around um, and so you're going to start coming to all of these things no now. I'm not missing the jungle book we're watching the jungle book <laughs> uh, and it's in the evening uh, show starts at 8pm sharp where? at the Pasadena, Pasadena Playhouse, Playhouse? Mm-hmm. okay so hey, uh, before we move we'll on I, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone attending the theater play um, without you guys this wouldn't really be possible and it's great to have gatherings yeah pretty cool um so yeah, so and and then Julio's been putting this together. In fact, it was Julio that's been you know I think this is about the third or the fourth theater play that he's taken us to, oh, um, yeah. which is part of the plan to put the theater play together mm-hmm. in looking at the different types of um, the theater performances. Okay, great. Um, Border Town was the last one. Border Town, and then the last one before that um, was uh, well, we don't know. We weren't there, so. Anyways, um, if you're if you're a former foster youth and, and you're interested in being a part of the theater play, mm-hmm. um, this is a play for anyone and everyone that was in the foster care system to help us build this story um, and put it together and then ultimately perform it. Um, it's going to be written, um, produced, and performed by former foster youth. So um, also, if you're interested in coming to uh, the event on Tuesday with us, then feel free to give us a a holler, and we'll be sure to get you a pair of tickets. Okay, great. Cool. Anything else? What's going on the the rest of this week? Do we have any announcements? I think that was our announcements. Okay. All right. Perfect. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank um, you, everybody. Again, if you have if you have any ideas you'd like to join the podcast, please just let us know. Um, and this is this is we want to create this space for. Uh, all of our brothers and sisters um, who are with us in this struggle. Yeah, or any subjects you'd like us to cover, whether they have to do with foster care or not, just as long as people who were in the foster care system are interested in them, we will cover them. There you go. Perfect. All right, y'all. Well, we'll see you all next week, and thank you all so much for listening. See ya. We'll be back. All right. How long was that?